Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 87, an in-studio edition of Sports, Clicks, and Politics, my favorite kinds of uh, editions of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. For Mr. sure. First, Mr. Husong, thank you for uh, joining us. It's so good to be back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, all things uh, technical go smooth. I mean, I had to reset the studio this morning because I didn't do it when I got back from, I don't know if you guys realized we were doing remote. I was in Florida for a month, so um, back in back to reality. I don't want to sing the other lines. There but, goes gravity. <laughs> oh, I know so. But, but uh, I, I, I returned. I had to shovel to unpack my car. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah. How was Florida? Florida was excellent. Uh, I would do it all over again in a second. Uh, it was uh, uh, something that we had kind of planned. Um, in a bigger picture, uh, my uh, girlfriend had been trying to plan a big 50th birthday party, uh, something for me, which I turned 50 in April. Okay. Um, but and she was like, let's go to Ireland. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Ireland in April. So, like... <laughs> Terrible idea. So um, I was like, let's, and this is, you know, we've been discussing this for a while. Um, and I was like, you know, what we should do is just go away for like a month someplace or whatever. And then as things steamrolled here in New York with through COVID, we were like, let's go to Florida for right. a month. So uh, we went to Florida for a month. We were in South Florida, uh, like 15 minutes inland from Fort Lauderdale. Um, I had friends and family both down there. So I got to hang out with some people. uh, uh Conveniently, but weirdly, because uh, not I'm not usually in Florida. I risk spontaneously combusting because of my uh, maybe similarly clear complexion. Yes, <laughs> yeah. translucent. Yes, yeah. yes. So, um, but it was great. I mean, the weather was great. Um, I missed three snowstorms, even though I had to shovel a little bit out of that one. So I missed all the other ones. I just left my car here to get covered and whatever. Um, didn't shovel. That was great. That's like scary. literally my only winter activity is shoveling the driveway. So. That's why I hate it so much. I mean, I don't blame you. I, no, hate, I hate winter, too. It's terrible. So. I mean, the only thing you said that's wrong is there's never a bad time to go to Ireland. Let's just be clear. And I've never been, so like I'm, I'm, I'm being picky. <laughs> I'm really being picky here. But I, my, literally, I was like, well, if I want to go, I want to play golf, right? If I go in April, there's a clear, there's a chance I could never play golf, right? That was what I was thinking. That's fair. So I, see, that's I, why I was like, I don't want to go when I know there's a chance I'm going to play a couple times around the golf. Because that's why I would go. That makes sense. I, for me, it was a, when I went over to Iraq, you, you either fly through Ireland or Germany. Okay. And I was like, oh man, I do not want the first time I ever go to Ireland to be for this. And thankfully, uh, going there and coming back, and even when I went home on my leave during the course of the year, Germany every time. So I'm still... Uh, Still waiting to make my way to the Emerald Isle. It, it has not happened yet. Yeah, well, maybe we'll go together someday. I like We'll it. do a remote show. Oh, my God. On location in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. That'll be fun. Maybe the, uh, what is it? I know it's not called the British Open, but the Open Championship. Maybe the next time. We call it close. the British I Open, know, but know, it's called I the know. Open Championship. Um, but anyway, so good to be back, even though, uh, you know, the weather's not the same. And, uh, you know, I, I got to uh, see the science change from Florida and New York here, how... Uh, all of a sudden, no masks when I got back. I was like, oh. I mean, mostly no masks. There's still some places. There's weird. some pockets. Yeah. And I think on transportation, you still need them. Like, whatever. So, uh, like, you got to be on a plane. I haven't been on a plane yet. Um, so, that'll keep me. So, I, as you probably have guessed, I drove to Florida. Yeah. So, that was uh, uh, 
we broke it up to a couple of days. We have family in North Carolina too. So I went down there halfway coming back either way. So all in all, I would call it an A++. Uh, again, I will try to figure out a way to do it again next February. Smart. Yeah. Um, how about you? Well, how, I mean, I know we did the shows over there, uh, there but anything uh, exciting uh, outside of the uh, show? I didn't get to really talk to you too much other than new stuff over the uh, month. I mean. Any uh, fire pit uh no, stories or no, no, no development on the fire pit. Uh, I finally got the floor replaced in the front room. My daughter is now homeschooling, which I think we talked about on yeah, the show. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, we asked her when they said, when they lifted the masks, we said, do you want to go back? She said, no, I actually really like homeschool. I'm like, okay, good enough. Yeah. Um, other than that, I got my rabbit hutch is still not built quite to the chagrin of my adoring wife. I'm sorry, honey. It's, it's coming along, but it's been too cold. Uh, it's out in the garage. It's freezing. It's it's tough to do that kind of work out in a garage when it's 12 degrees outside. And then obviously every nice day we get, it's like, well, I don't want to do that today. Let's yeah. go outside and do exactly. something fun. Exactly. So. Um, ice cream shops up and running, humming along, doing doing good things there. Well, she is. I just show up and screw it up every now and then. So that's my job. Um, yeah, no, everything's good. I got I got no complaints. Kids are all good. Coming into spring sports season, which I like. All right. Very good. All right. Well, on that note, let's uh, remind everybody to like, share, and uh, subscribe and follow. I think it is on Rumble. So uh, that's where we are now. Live shows over on Rumble. Um, so if you guys listen to the audio uh, version, if you ever want to see what we ugly look, our mugs look like, you can always check us out on Rumble. Um, we do the live show over here every Monday at 12. And uh, we thank everybody here for uh, tuning in. So uh, share that. And uh, if you are listening to the uh, audio version, leave us that rate and review five star if you think we're uh, worth it so so i if i don't really have a uh um you mentioned spring sports i don't really have a specific sports topic and i was uh trying to find some uh, stuff that i kind of thought was interesting but we kind of hadn't been covering sports too much but have you heard about this crazy idea that the uh the saudis were going to create a super golf league and like pay off like all the best players to come and play in their tournament basically to poach the PGA of premium talent. I heard something about this. So that alone, I I don't want to, I mean, it's a interesting, you know, competition story, right? Let's just see what what they were, they were do. You know, the there's, you know, grumblings of some players, how the PGA operates, but that happens in every, every sport. sport. So, um, and I'm not saying that they're not justified. I just, it, that comes with the territory, right? You got millionaires pitching with billionaires, and of that's course. what happens. So, um, but anyway, so I thought the the most interesting and definitely the most, I think the most newsworthy part of within that that story was the Phil Mickelson part of the story. So, have you heard this Phil Mickelson part of the story? Not really. So, he was a very big uh, supporter proponent of the Saudi league, right? The super league. Okay. So he was a big, Hey, let's do this for the players. Uh, this is the first time we're ever going to have leverage over the PGA. Um, let's, let's use them, use the Saudis to better the player experience and, you know, monetize their, their, uh, activities and, and make more money for them all. Right. So, but during an interview and Phil has gone dark since then, um, he basically laid out, he's like, yeah, he's like, I know they're basically murdering SOBs and they killed, uh, should go, uh, uh what's the uh, reporter's name? I forgot uh, his name. Kishogi. Yeah. Kishogi. Um, Kishogi. I can't remember exactly. What Something like that. But everybody will know who he is other than us too. So, um, <laughs> so, but he basically referenced him and basically 
you know, basically setting up like, yeah, I know these people are terrible people, but this is the one time oppor- lifetime opportunity for players in the PGA or whatever. Now, other people of other players, and I, I have a story up for Pat Perez. I'm not sure if you know who Pat Perez is. He's kind of been around yeah. PGA for a while, <clears throat> but colorful, very uh, 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 known for his uh, willing to speak on pretty much anything about anything and pretty much sure. a no holds bar kind of guy. So he had some choice words for Phil, basically saying he went, if he was really about this, he went out about wrong. I don't know. I just thought the whole confluence of the competition for the PGA and then Phil basically shilling for murderers. And then, you know, you know, even Roy was like, you know, this is naive. And like, he came out really against Phil basically saying this, you know, this is not the right way to, you know, this is not should have been done kind of thing. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know any quick takes on that before I move to the other, cause I have two more sports stories. I just wanted to kind of run by you here. And I thought I we haven't touched on this at all. i I think this is like the most American take ever on okay. on an international incident of like, I know there's people getting murdered and executed and we're raging civil wars in countries and proxy wars and, and basically committing genocide, but I got a bone to pick with this league. And if I can use that, I think we can all agree that it's justified and God bless us. We're not, we're not a very, I don't know. We're not, we're not the most uh, empathetic country in the world we we tend to we pick and choose where we feel bad for people and, and when we can use it to our benefit that seems to be the only time we feel bad for people yeah i don't know like i said i thought i mean i'll if if the super league ever jumps off and there's some you know major players playing maybe we'll talk about it but i just thought I, it was something it was just interesting that i, mean, I maybe, you know maybe we should have more of a problem with the fact that our government <laughs> supports the saudi regime well, than I mean, phil mickelson like may, maybe we should start there that's a whole other show like maybe our tax dollars are funding this genocide and we all just were like well we need oil so yeah. you know what are you gonna do all right Sorry. so no no all good so i got another yeah, that more close to home here um Kyrie still not allowed to play at home games. It's the funniest thing in the world. So, um, I guess they just, I remember just a couple nights ago, maybe this was today's story, yeah, 17 hours ago. So, apparently they uh, they lost to the Celtics last night, so people are talking about obviously post-game interview or whatnot because um, they were in Boston, so he got to play. Um, you guys don't know, if you don't know, Kyrie is unable to play in the NBA home games because he lives in New York. The games, the arena is New York City. And employees of the arena, which technically he would be, is not allowed to be maskless. So, uh, with or without a vaccine, I think, believe unvaccinated. Right. Yes. So, um, he is not technically allowed to work in New York City. So, and his job is playing for the Brooklyn Nets. So, um, he is unable to play in home games, and so he kind of gave a, um, even though the new New York City Mayor Eric Adams has the power within him to um, lift this. Uh, mandate uh for employees in in new york city and let Kyrie and all the other employees in new york city work um just to earn a paycheck basically so um he kind of apparently they i don't know if they've seemingly they've had uh back channels conversations the two um and maybe eric adams is from brooklyn so he kind of talks we a lot when he's talking about the brooklyn Nets. so i don't know still crazy that Kyrie hasn't Totally been freed. Um, I don't know of any real reason there's going to be, you know, I don't know what's going to be the genesis of the mayor lifting this mandate other than just, you know, playoffs. I don't know. Um, what, what, so another more, more close to home, but like, you know, we're still feeling the effects of some of this nonsense of uh, COVID policies here. Uh, this is more New York City, but 
still affecting people in all walks of life, including Kyrie. This is dumber than you even made it out to be. Like, it's dumb enough, but it's worse. Because now that New York City has changed its rules, the fans in attendance do not need to be vaccinated, nor wearing a mask, but Kyrie Irving cannot play in the same arena because he is not vaccinated. Even if you still believe in the healing power of this vaccine or the preventative power, even though there is no data that that will support your claim with any type of uh, certainty or even confidence, even if you get every benefit of every doubt, you can't justify this. This does not make any sense. Like, he can go play with a team outside of New York City. He can go and watch a game because technically he could go as a fan and just go sit in the crowd at the same arena for somebody else, and that would be okay. But he can't play in the arena. If this makes sense to you, you need to rethink how you're viewing everything because your brain is broken. If you think this is just, oh, well, he's got to be taught a lesson. It's not working. He's winning. You could double down or you could just admit you were wrong. I, yeah, it's, it's amazing to me. It's beyond. It's it's. The fact the that fact he can that buy still a ticket and now. go sit in the arena, but he can't play basketball in the arena is unjustifiable. There is no, there's no explanation that will suffice. There is no way that you could make this make sense. Yeah. Just All stop. Right. Let yeah. it go. Yeah, this should be over. So, um, not over, but not started. The other... Uh, Sports news, uh, we haven't really talked about baseball too much, but there is no baseball to talk about at all, Mr. Hughesong. Uh, day whatever, I think the lockout started December 1st, uh, 2021, so whatever, how many days that is, uh, I don't know, I think they said last time we had a work stoppage since 94, I remember that, we lost the World Series, Don Mattingly year, could have, yeah, we could have been the one, I would have like. been yeah. Well, um, might have been. Yeah, uh, and the Expos. Sure. That was the that they they were loaded that year. I, that was the Randy Johnson was still on that team. Oh really? Day. Oh yeah. I didn't realize. Oh that. yeah, the Expos were legit. Like they were like if you look go back to that someday. Well, I'll show you that roster. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, but anyway, there is no baseball to talk about. Not that we talk about baseball that often anyway, um, because there is this lockout. Uh, again, we talked about billionaires and millionaires. Uh, this is more of that, I guess, and. They seem to have a track record of this, even though I said this is the last work stop since 1994. So, but they have canceled the first weekend of games. So there is that. Um, and every week or so basically clears off another week of the playing schedule at this point. So um, I don't know. Again, I don't watch anywhere near as much baseball as I used to, where I watched basically, you know, Yes Network religiously. I would watch games mm-hmm. sometimes twice. Um, so I don't do that anymore, even close. So... I'm not missing out regardless, even though I could would have been nice to go to some spring training games while I was in Florida or something like sure. that if I could have uh, worked that into the schedule at all. But uh, none, to ha- none to be had. So um, I don't know. It doesn't seem – the, the, the article I saw this morning basically said that they had a, a very failed uh, discussion uh, this morning. So, Spectacularly yeah. bad. Um, so it doesn't seem like they're anywhere close to uh, uh, resolving this. Are you going to miss baseball at all? I mean, a little, but it's early, and I can't bring myself to care. I, like, I love baseball, and I wish I could watch baseball, professional baseball right now. I can't, and okay. Like, I, I this is the thing. I've never seen a league do – well, that's not true. The NBA or the NF, or, or MLB could both claim this title. These leagues, like, trying to push away their fans of 
And baseball didn't do anything overtly wrong. They just, like, there's no push. There's no nothing to, like, market these people or, or get you to buy back in. It's just, it, I find myself losing interest over time. And then, I like, I'll get picked up as my son's baseball leagues all start up. I get into it. I love watching baseball with my kids. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm just having a harder and harder time caring. Yeah, and so I, for some reason, I feel like I saw some local stories basically saying that the the minor leagues are still going to play. So maybe we can oh, maybe go. the uh, Mets will uh, Syracuse Mets will uh, be good this year. I don't know. Do you still have to be vaccinated to attend a Mets I, game? They don't like me over there. <laughs> you, that's a lot of places you could say I, that about. That's true. But I still like. I, you. I apologize. I was probably I was probably over the top rude there, but I was it was in the heat of the moment. Um, all right. And anything else sports you wanted to touch on at all? I mean, I don't know. Those three just kind of came to, uh, we haven't talked about sports in a, almost like a month. Yeah. I think Jim Bay, I'm sure retired <laughs> enough's enough. Let it go. Oh, this is just, go, you're not going out on top at this point, no. but my God, let's, let's just go. Uh, I heard there's a plan in place. So call it a day. All right. Let's, um, move to uh, a topic that we, uh, touch on semi-regularly here. Uh, the, uh, Jeffrey Epstein circle of uh, grotesqueness. Um, Melinda French Gates, I guess she's going by French Gates now, post-divorce. Sure. Why not? Did you hear that? I didn't. Okay. Well, I I, I didn't know until reading some articles that, because I, I was like, who the hell is French Gates? I'm like, oh, it's Melinda French Gates. Melinda French Gates. Thought maybe, I thought that maybe there was a twin or something going on. But anyway, so she was interviewed for the first time since the uh, divorce on CBS, whatever, Gail King of CBS News. Um and reference Jeffrey Epstein again uh, as a you know significant reason. She basically let me see if I can find the quote here because um, um, you know they and you know they go through some of the other stuff. The um, they reference the uh, uh, affair that Bill Gates had with the uh, <clears throat> China spy um, that worked for Microsoft. Um, she may or may not have been working for China or not. Um, but in reference to um, Jeffrey Epstein, she basically made an effort to, cause I want to meet him one time because I, she had already had this kind of notion or whatever, but basically immediately she has like, I had trouble sleeping that night. She's like, I was, he was per, evil personified. Like, I mean, basically the very first time she met and obviously her husband just kept hanging out with the dude, even though his wife was like, uh, get the hell away from that dude. Um, so I don't know, um, uh, more captured, uh, circumstantial evidence on behalf of uh, Bill Gates, not being a good person. Is this my phone? I think it is. Let's decline that call. I think that's smart. Um, that was a Syracuse Hall of Fame basketball player, by the way. That wow. I just, that I just declined. <laughs> just hung up on. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mike Lee. <laughs> anyway, um, he just, he wants me to go play in the golf league. So, Fair enough. Um, he, I can call him back. So another time. Sorry about that. Um, it, it just outed us as, my, as the phone... Uh, my phone is the camera. I mean, we made it almost studio. two full years <laughs> yeah, without, without that it. becoming obvious. <laughs> it was a pretty good run. Um, so anyway, uh, again, I I think we've had a, a bunch of reasons to um, uh, think that Bill Gates is not a good person, but um, it seems as Melinda French Gates is uh, trying to really nail that that uh, home for everybody here to make sure that they all know that, because uh, there's no re- she didn't have to do it. I mean, I'm sure they you know, made some donation really or whatever, to, or yeah. whatever, but, um, she could have easily taken the high road if she wanted to protect him, but she's still out throwing jabs. I mean, 
I think along the line of indefensible positions is Bill Gates with all of his money and his network and his access to money hanging out with a renowned pedophile. Renowned at that point. Like, it wasn't a big secret. He'd already been arrested in Florida. He'd already served his jail time. It had already been well known that he had propositioned over 300 girls under the age of 18 for sex acts. Renowned pedophile. And Bill Gates' justification is we were trying to collaborate to raise money for some scientific or charitable undertaking. There is no world in which you needed that man's money. It doesn't exist. You have enough. You have access to so many other people that if that comes across and you go, wait, the guy that just did this? Like, yes, sir. Like, no, we're not having lunch, and I'm not going to get on his plane because that would be crazy, and I don't support this. But then you go one step further, and you're like, you know what? We're going to do good things. I'm going to have my wife meet him real quick. Honey, meet Jeff. And her takeaway is. Yeah. Uh, let me quote Let me quote her takeaway if you'd like. I would, please. This is her from the interview. It's like, I did not like. I did, sorry, I did not like that he had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. This is obviously uh, Melinda French Gates in reference to uh, Bill Gates, um, noting that she met Epstein once and regretted doing so. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about him afterwards. So my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I am, older woman. He was awful. Right. So that's how your wife feels about this guy. And you can't really look at it and be like, hey, honey, you're overreacting like that's not, that's not how that works. Of course you're not overreacting. That's that's real. And you just continue to hang out with this guy. I, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time buying that this was innocence and just like, oh, I just needed to raise a little extra money. And my $13 billion was insufficient. I needed his extra $1 billion to make sure that we could get to our goals. Yeah, it's... I got nothing, man. I, like, if I tried to hang out with one of my friends, as, uh, like, my wife genuinely didn't like and was, like, afraid of and everything else. And I was like, look, calm down. We've go, we go way back. We grew up together, whatever. That's a little different, but I'd still have a hard time pulling it off. If I had to go back to my wife and say, hey, I know you don't like him. I know that you have nightmares about him. And I know that he's a world-renowned pedophile who's shown absolutely no remorse. So I'm going to go grab lunch with him real quick because we want to collaborate on some things. We need some money. How do you get, how do you get, tell <laughs> I, what, what in the world did you like, how? So this yeah. is where it's gotta be something more nefarious because Just, what else yeah. would it be? And the fact that and he's he, dead. So well, he's dead. That was horrifyingly creepy. I don't know what happened to Bill Gates. Maybe he was always a piece of human shit and maybe he just got corrupted over time, but he's out here now claiming if every country had done what New Zealand did, we would have stopped the pandemic. No, we wouldn't have. And you can't do it. Like, this guy has, he's experimenting on people in Africa with medications. Not personally, obviously, but he's funding it through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, I, he's not a good person. No. And I don't want to listen to him talk about what we should do or what the world needs anymore. Because I'm pretty sure his answer is he wants to depopulate it. Let's talk about another terrible person. Oh, good. Hunter Biden. Oh, my favorite horrible person. So... One of these stories on itself, I, you know, probably could have been all right, but I, we didn't talk about the, the first one that happened, but um, I saw the second one that just happened. Um, maybe you remember Devin Archer? I do. Uh, so he was sentenced uh, to a year in prison uh, for a, 
his role in a scheme to uh, defraud Native Americans out of like some investment uh, stuff or whatever. Um, this was during a time where, you know, Hunter Biden has claimed he doesn't have anything to do with this. So, and sure. there is no specific evidence that he does other than he was a part of every other deal Devin that Archer Devin Archer did. had yeah. during this time frame. So lucky Hunter Biden. Man, what good instincts. So, but Devin Archer is not the only Hunter Biden associate to go to prison. Oh boy. I remember sharing this photo a while, but um, former Kazakhstani intelligence chief, Kareem Masimov. Uh, Love that guy. Yeah. Hunter described him as a close friend. And there's pictures, and I'll show this picture up here on the screen here, with the big guy, Hunter Biden and Kareem Masimov, um, along with another oligarch um, from Kazakhstan, this is. Yeah. Um, and he is now in prison for treason. Kareem Masimov, that is, sure. uh, Joe or Hunter Biden and the photo bombed, I'm sure, uh, Joe Biden in with uh, this treasonous uh, Kazakhstani, uh, you know, security intelligence agent. So more Hunter Biden uh, associates, uh, you know, seemingly walking a terrible path of humanness. And uh, here we are. Uh, what did, uh, so he got... Uh, Arrested for treason. Treason, yeah. Um, against Kazakhstan. I Let me see if I can find it here exactly. Yeah. Oh, he was the prime minister from 2014 to 2016. So I was the intelligence officer when he was arrested, but he was the prime minister apparently in a previous life here. So that was the time when he was having the dealings with Hunter Biden. So... But this is goes back to the Rosemont Seneca, uh, you know, <laughs> investment firm or venture capital, whatever they called themselves. They're, they're basically, this is one where uh, uh, John Kerry's kid was also involved with that, yeah. right? So um, it's weird how all these fucking politicians, kids get these sweet gigs. So Hunter Biden served, remember he got 85000 a month? He's, he got th- he ended up serving long, he got $4 million. From Burisma? From Burisma, yeah. Wow. That's a for nothing. <laughs> hey, Barry Smith, you're still hiring. I got some board experience. 3. Just 9, saying. 3.9. He was on the board until 2019. I don't have the connections that Hunter Biden had, but I also won't be a public embarrassment to your company. Yeah. Just so, saying. You could pay me one-tenth of what you were paying him. And then we wonder why the world is going up in flames, literally. So, um, I don't know. I just figured I would bring those two points uh, to our audience's attention that Hunter Biden's... Uh, uh, doesn't really deal with the most upstanding people in the world. I can't figure out how Hunter Biden's not in prison. I can't. Like, I, I don't, I, it's not true. I can't. I know exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I could play it a scenario off right, for you. Right. But, it, but my God, like this, <laughs> man, come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, he should just take one for the team at this point. Do you, do you remember this? I was thinking about this the other day. We talked about this a year or two ago. We were really into the Hunter Biden stuff. And <laughs> he got dishonorably discharged from the Navy after his father got like a special waiver to get him into the Navy. And he went on some cocaine fueled sex romp with a bunch of hookers over the weekend. And then he came back and failed the drug test and he didn't get dishonorably discharged. He got uh other than honorable or something like an administrative one of like, Oh my God. This dude just doesn't stop. I can't fathom his lifestyle. I don't know how he's alive, and I don't know how he's not in prison. 
Well, I'm not sure how he's not the Department of Energy. So, Chair, because we need somebody to kind of help with these gas prices here, if that could be arranged. Do we think we should tap into Hunter Biden's expertise and uh, to help with the gas prices? I mean, obviously, yes. Because record high gas prices. Yeah, it's only going to go up. Oh, no, they're going to solve it by dealing with Iran and Venezuela. Brilliant. God forbid that we, you know, drill our own or maybe turn on a pipeline. That yeah, we I, saw, have set up. I saw in New York gas is up 34 cents this week. I know. I paid $4 a gallon at Costco yesterday. So I have never been to Costco gas, so I'm not, I don't have a reference there, but I'm guessing it's low because I used to do BJ's gas. Yes. Um, so similarly, I would, I would bet that. So I'm glad I didn't have to travel back uh, from Florida at these now. gas prices. Holy moly, because I drove, as a reminder. So um, I'll read from uh, gasbuddy.com. They kind of just track gas prices. Um, I forgot this place even existed since we haven't had to deal with this for a while here. But the nation's average gas price has risen to a, has risen a staggering 46.5 cents from a week ago and stands at 4.06 per gallon today. And this is uh, dated March 7th, so today. F- 50 cents almost in a week. It's crazy. It's the wrong time to get a pickup truck. I don't think it's going to stop. I don't see any, like, I don't know how they stop this in the short term. If they're not going to start drilling oil, I just don't understand right. what they're going to so, do. Right, and that's what I say. So, like, there's, this is all, some of this is fears that Biden, the U.S. military or whatever, NATO, is going to limit somehow sanction Russian oil distribution, right? So there's fear that there's going to be some kind of um, uh, stalling of the or stopping of these Russian oil coming into the market and therefore driving the prices up even higher. So that hasn't even happened yet. This is this last most recent surge, I believe, is at least being blamed on on that. I don't know. Who knows? There's so many factors at this point. Right. But um, I'm not dismissing that as a factor for sure. I mean, if you're going to, that's like 30% of their economy. And if you're going to shut off that large a portion of fuel gas prices are going to go up. Right. So um, I will note, and I'll turn it on, I'll let you go for on this for a little bit here, but they never seem to go down as fast as they go up. Is, you never notice? Yes, I, I, never, I know I'm not alone in that, but no. crazy. So yeah, $4.06 a gallon, uh, just, and that's a national average. Yeah, that's that's expensive. I do not like paying $80 to fill up a gas tank. It is not fun. And listen, I I see people all over the place like, you know what? The Ukrainians are fighting for their lives. If you've got to pay a little more at the pump, shut up and deal with it. Okay. I I mean, I think that that's a a childlike level of discernment that you're viewing the world through. But okay, fine. My problem is not that. I I get it. I got to pay more at the gas pump. My, My problem is that it affects everything. You think inflation's bad now? Let gas go to $6 a gallon and see what inflation looks like then. And guess what that does? Harms the smallest businesses the most. Harms the individuals and the poorest amongst us by far the most. The the Walton kids aren't going to suffer if inflation goes up by 12%. Sorry. So it's never as simple as, oh, I got to pay a few. No problem. I'll bike to work and I'll just skip a few days. Shut up. You are so grossly missing the larger picture of what is at stake. It's, it's laughable. And instead, and this is my central complaint right now is we have the Keystone XL pipeline that could be turned on within a month. 
that we could be doing something to prepare for this. The other thing we could be doing is we could lift the moratorium on drilling new oil for a set period of time, five years, whatever it is, so that the oil companies, it's worth that. It's a profit incentive for them. They know they're not just going to get shut down in three months. They get a five-year window to drill. Okay, now we are now energy independent, and we we don't have to keep buying Russian oil because right now we're still buying 600,000 barrels of Russian oil a day is the latest number that I saw. That might have changed in the last two or three days, but that was what it is. So if we don't stop doing that, we are funding Russia's invasion of Ukraine, just so we're all on the same page here. Um, I don't think that's what we want to do, right? No. Okay, just just checking. Or we don't want to be perceived that way anyway. Well, no, I... Nothing makes sense about this whole situation. Are we? You want to dive into like all Ukraine, Russia, right now? Or, uh, we, I, I have I have that lined up next. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, next. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about gas. Other, than, uh, this will be a smooth yeah. transition, actually. Well, so yeah, I, I mean, I'll just wrap it up with this, basically saying that the you know they're predicting. I think the right here, let me read here. Uh, the average price of gasoline will likely set a new all time record in the next twelve hours. So basically, there's by by the end of today today. Um, the previous record is four dollars and four point one zero three per gallon, which is <laughs> the 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 recent is a national average is up sixty one point one cents from a month ago and a dollar twenty nine from a year ago. Just crazy, sixty one cents in a month. That's like fifty percent increase in the cost of gas in a year. That's that's wholly unsustainable. Yeah, and like um, I said, it, it it's it affects almost everything. Right. And it's it does affect everything. Like, you guys, do you realize how much stuff gets transported via truck and tractor trailer? Oh, and that's that we got that to deal with. But let's focus over on Ukraine, Russia right now. Russia supplies the oil and natural gas for like 40% of Europe's overall demand. So if they decided to stop providing the oil, or, Europe can't tell them no. Europe can't be like, no, we're not buying your oil anymore because their citizens would die. Because they couldn't get any power. Like, you can't suddenly lose 40% of your gasoline and of your gas to heat homes. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not even an option. And so this is where nothing makes sense to me right now is, how do we get in this position? How do we get into a position where Europe is this dependent on Russian oil and now they want to get all indignant? Like, did you, did you think Vladimir Putin was, was a good guy? That, that seemed like a good strategy to you to shut off all your nuclear facilities so that you could be wholly dependent on a foreign country to provide your energy? Man, that doesn't seem smart at all. Um, I also don't know what to make of the situation overall. I know I'm being lied to a lot. I, like, I know the media coverage coming out of Ukraine is strictly propaganda it's not it's not news for the most part i mean and you're seeing several instances of this where snake island the 13 sailors marines whoever the 13 ukrainian servicemen who yelled f you russian warship and then went down and no they, they actually peacefully surrendered oh, okay the ghost of kiev one solo jet flying around the city shot down five russian jets oh no that turned out to be fake too I, like, so much of it is just, and the, the the Russians did this, and then you turn like, oh, no, they did. they're shelling a nuclear facility. I mean, technically that one was true, but they were shelling the buildings on the outside that were administrative buildings. They weren't the closest shell to the actual anywhere dangerous was 300 yards away. Please, please don't misunderstand any of this as a defense of Russia. It's not that. 
Russia's horrible. Vladimir Putin is horrible. I don't know that Ukraine's better. I don't know that Zelensky is better. I, I just don't know. And, I, and this is the problem. I don't feel like I have any good way of getting reliable information on what's going on on the ground. So a quick background, and just bear with me because I am very much still sorting out how I feel about this and what I think about this. I don't have a good answer for you yet other than I don't want anybody to go to war. I don't want anybody to do any of these bad things, and I don't want innocent civilians to die. Um, so in the 1994, we, uh, Ukraine gave up all of their nuclear weapons in exchange for U.S. security and, and some other trade-offs. I don't know. But they gave up their nukes and all their nuclear materials and facilities to build nuclear weapons. Um, that, I guess, in hindsight, might not have been their best plan. Um, so now here we are and NATO, I, I try to always say like from Russia's standpoint is, are they just going in and taking over the country? Like they just want the Ukraine country for what reason? And I think there are some reasons why they would want it under their control, but the idea that it's just, well, because Vladimir Putin is bad. Guys, it, you got to have more than that. It can't be that simple. Like, this isn't a storybook I, like written for children. Um, I think if you look at it from Russia's standpoint, NATO is expanded, and Russia wants no part of NATO getting close to their border. Um, you could say NATO is a strictly defensive body, and I would I'll agree on paper, but I also couldn't really fault the Russians for maybe having their doubts. If you look at some of our foreign policies over the last 30 years, they all haven't been benevolent to say the least. We all like to still think we're the good guys. I, I'm not sure. Like I, I don't know anymore. So this is where, in my opinion, things got interesting because if, uh, if NATO moves all the way into Ukraine, all right. And that becomes basically it, it is an us versus them scenario, especially in Vladimir Putin's head. Then Russia becomes basically indefensible from a ground attack by NATO. They, the, the Ukraine is a buffer zone that they very much need so that they can control and make sure that they're not completely vulnerable to an attack. Would that ever happen? I don't know. Never say never, but I hope not. Um, the other thing is if you, get, if you believe that the world is trending away from international world order and more to... Every country on their own. Russia really needs the Ukraine because the Ukraine's incredibly fertile ground that grows most of the food that fed the former Soviet Union, and that's what they, they want. Okay. Also, I do think Russia, is, and Vladimir Putin in particular, does have a desire to reassemble, not necessarily the Soviet Union, but the land as it was under Peter the Great, of he wants Russia to expand and be a predominant, if not the dominant, one of the dominant powers on the, uh, of the world. And it's it's not right now. Like they we get treated as such, but that's only because they have nuclear weapons. We treat them as such. Um, so this is where all of these different factors play in, and there's never one answer for anything. There's always multiple reasons why something happens. And then it got a little interesting, and I don't know if you knew this either, but I just learned this within the last week. In 2012, guess what they discovered right off the coast of Ukraine? I think in the Black Sea where Crimea is. Uh, oil. Natural gas. Natural gas. One yeah. of the largest pockets of natural gas they've ever found. And, you know, that was in 2012. And for those of you that don't know, Nord Stream 1 runs right through Ukraine. And that's where they deliver all the oil from. But they have to pay the Ukrainian government for the privilege. 
if Ukraine suddenly had the one of the largest supplies of natural gas ever in the world, well, that would make <clears throat> Russia a little bit uh, less necessary. Russia doesn't want that. All right, so then this is where it gets more fun. 2014, there's a coup. The Ukrainian government that was nothing more than a, well, let's use the polite terms, the pro-Russian leader, the kleptocracy that was in place, is ousted through a homegrown grassroots revolution. Coincidence that the CIA director for the United States happened to be in Ukraine during that time and immediately afterwards as the new government was being formed. Total coincidence. We would never get involved in regime change. Right? Uh, wrong. Okay, maybe, maybe we've done that a few times around the world. So anyways... All right, so now we've got the Western-friendly leadership involved. And maybe the people in Ukraine really did vote and they wanted that. Or maybe it was just maneuvered that way. I don't know. This is my point. Neither do you. you like no, We don't know this. So then in 2014, they have that happen. And then, you know, son of a gun, Vladimir Putin decides, you know what? Crimea is part of Russia. We're taking it back. And people were so confused as to why. And then I'm going, well, wait a minute. Why didn't everybody know about this? Because if you know that there's a huge pocket of natural gas in the ground right there, you know exactly why Russia wanted Crimea. And now the problem is to get fresh water into Crimea relies on a single canal that comes out of the country of Ukraine into Crimea, which I don't know how Crimea is even considered if it's part of Ukraine or part of Russia right now. I don't honestly know. Yeah, I mean, it's largely controlled by Russia at this right. point. I, I, I don't know if it's incorrect to say that it's Ukrainian land or Russian land. It's, yeah. it's in some weird spot in the middle. So now the, the canal that's coming down, the Ukrainians shut off because they're like, well, we're not supplying water to you. So Russia has to literally ship fresh water into Crimea. All right, so maybe the idea is one of their strategic goals in invading Ukraine is they want to make sure that the water source can continue to go to Ukraine. So they go in from the south and they take over that land, which they already have. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, like, there's, there's so many different facets of this. And here's the other thing: I, I really, really have to ask this question, and I'm so confused about what the answer really means. We're all pretty sure we, we're all certain Russia is a bad actor. Yes, not the people, but the leadership. Right, yeah. Okay. We're all leaning towards the idea that Ukrainian is this Western democracy that's European and wants to be free, right? That's uh, I popular mean, that's the narrative. Opinion. I mean, I, they're just a corrupt oligarchy to me, but sure. Uh, yeah, they are. I think that's been very apparent, oh, okay. but that's not a very popular position to take right now. Okay. Right now, anything, sure. Oh, no, yeah. yeah no. You, don't, you don't want to be that guy. Well, I think you've made your peace with it, but most people don't want to say that and, have, and get the pushback. So... But I, I got to ask a question that's going to undercut this. There was a whole thing about how there was a um, neo-Nazi battalion yeah. that was, like, helping win the original coup. And you're like, that's got to be overblown. It's not. It's the one not fake news story. Oh, my God. It was, like, legitimately doing the Hell Hitler salute. They've got swastikas all over the place. And it was... It was there, and they were a big part of why the overthrow managed to take place. Now, it doesn't mean the whole country is that way. Right. does it. But, but, 
How prevalent does that ideology have to be there if you could put together an entire battalion big enough to have an impact on the outcome of a coup against the government? That's not like, that's not a, you realistically, you couldn't do that in America with actual people yeah, that they, are outright. They, that's what they think is going on in America. That's the, f but they can't even get close to that. It's amazing. Like yeah. you couldn't come close to it anywhere. Like everything we define as alt-right and, and all this neo-Nazi stuff, like nobody's, not nobody, I'm sorry. Very few people are out there waving their Nazi flag and saying hail Hitler. Like, Heil Hitler, sorry, not hail. This is crazy. Like, there's enough of it there. I don't know what that says about the country, but here's what I know. I know that in America, you, you couldn't get that. Yes, I get that your friend's church who has their militia group and you think they're Nazis. They're not. Are they wonderful people? Probably not. But there's a big difference between being actual neo-Nazis and just, I don't know, like, normal levels of human flawed error and judgment. I, like, I don't understand how you get to the point where you decide, you know who had, who had it right? Adolf Hitler. He was onto something. We got to bring back those ideas. And so this neo-Nazi battalion installs a, well, they didn't install him. The, the current Zelensky is Jewish and a former actor and comedian, and now he's the president. Now, does that mean he's a good guy? No. Does it mean he's a bad guy? No, I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy. Apparently, they shut down three different news stations that were critical of the government. That seems kind of undemocratic. I don't know, like maybe this isn't the good guys versus the bad guys. Maybe this is the bad guys versus the bad guys at the prodding of the other bad guys because we keep expanding NATO and then we're shocked when Russia comes back and is like, no, uh, we're not having nuclear weapons in this country. Sorry, it's too close. And that doesn't excuse what Putin did. That doesn't excuse anything. It just is, you're looking at the board and going, wait, why, why would everybody be doing this? <coughs> and then... More misinformation comes out. I'm getting report. I'm reading these reports about how, wow, they're saying that Vladimir Putin is very frustrated with the pace and he can't believe how long it's taking. And I'm going, huh? And he go and then the report goes on citing high level intelligence officials with experience and firsthand knowledge that uh, they're worried that he's becoming more insulated. He's very frustrated with the lack of progress. That's making him not trust his generals, and he's putting everything on the option to include nuclear weapons. All right. I'm not saying he's not considering nuclear weapons. Let me be clear. He probably is. Remember when we invaded Iraq? 2003-ish. Remember when we carpet bombed the entire country and steamrolled through in the fastest advance that had ever taken Shock place? Shock and awe. Shock and awe of a first world superpower against a third world dictatorship. And remember how, do you remember how long it took to get to Baghdad? Uh, no. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks of carpet bombing the country and steamrolling through everything. And it was considered lightning fast. Nobody could believe just how fast the U.S. had taken over Baghdad. And after three days, Putin is so frustrated with the lack of progress that he's ready to drop a nuke. Like, yeah. So when I had actually saw an interview with Putin from like five years ago, and he said where he was talking about being, able, he's like, I can get to Kiev in two weeks. So like that was that was his that was his boast statement back you know five years ago. So I don't know you know I don't know where three days yeah came right. From, like right. I, and like he already knew it's not going to be three days or five days or whatever. So but yeah, just and that's what I mean. Like you're you're. I don't, I'm not telling you he's not trying to use it. Like he, he wouldn't use a nuke. That's not my point. I, it's not my claim. I, I don't know. But 
the idea that he's so frustrated by the lack of, and then all that, like they're stuck on the road and they're out of this. And then like two days later, the report comes out like, okay, well, they're actually only two kilometers outside the biggest city. And the second biggest city is wholly surrounded and nobody can get in or out. Like you, you're talking to me about their incompetence and how they're not doing anything right. And oh, they're having all these logistical issues and all these trucks are running out of gas. And then you're like, well, if that's happening, how would, and then they said, well, they're already running out of food after two days. Like, no, they're not. I'm sorry, but on an average, if you're doing a military tactic, each soldier on their person is going to have enough food for three days. You're not running out of food in two days. It's not happening. Now, are they running into supply chain issues? Probably. It's a normal part of a logistical nightmare that would be invading a country. I just want accurate information so I can form an opinion on this. I... I don't understand how we're still buying Russian oil. I don't understand how Europe is so reliant and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody is doing the most reasonable basic steps that could limit Russian power by getting our dependency off of them so that we don't need their oil. We don't need their gas. They have all their own stuff. That's fine. But if we could do that, wouldn't we prefer those tactics to an outright war between nuclear countries, between nuclear powers. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but Russia came out this morning or whatever it is time over there uh, with their demands. They said they would halt uh, military activity in a moment was their uh, quote. From Wait, let me was, guess. Denu uh, a guarantee of no <laughs> nuclear arsenal in no NATO in Ukraine. Yes. Um, they also include the EU in that. So they the said EU, basically, yeah, yeah. I'm, all right, so that, yeah, but and just to clarify that one specific, they want to change, they want to add an amendment to the Ukrainian Constitution that they would remain neutral and not join either one of the blocs, so the EU okay. or the NATO. That's the that's the full demand. But go ahead, got it. And there's some, a couple other demands, so I don't know if you want to. Yeah, just go. Let's see. All right, so um, recognize Crimea as Russian territory. So we kind of hinted at that a little bit uh, earlier. And to recognize the independence of the separatist regions of Donetsk and Lugansk on the uh, eastern part yep. of Ukraine. So, um, and there is one other here that's at the halt its military activity. Can't imagine how you could ask somebody to halt their military activity after you just invaded them right on, on the heels. But like, you know, I feel like you would want to have some kind of defense. But in general... That's what uh, uh, the Kremlin has out there basically saying that uh, this would halt their activities immediately if if those were the uh, those demands were met. Okay, so, uh, listen, I don't. I mean, who knows? Whatever. I don't know who's. I don't know what's right and what's wrong right. here. And, and the the problem is neither does anybody else. Like unless you have spent years studying Russian culture and Ukrainian civilization. The idea that you feel so qualified to just speak brazenly about what exactly what should happen should at least give you pause. I don't know what any of this means. I don't know. I, I don't know. I know that if I'm Vladimir Putin, well, I've already given away a lot of my power, but let's say I still had it. Like, yeah, no, I would not want NATO in the Ukraine. I, I'd be the first one to tell you that. No, any more than I would want Russian nuclear weapons in Canada. Like, I, no, I don't want them there. That's crazy, and I, I, I would I would resist that. And the Russian people, and the polling came out, and it said 50% uh, of the Russian population would favor military conflict if Ukraine tried to join NATO. So it's not just Putin. The Russian people are also nervous about this. And again, if we can put down our... Um, born in the USA, American exceptionalism glasses for a few minutes. We take those rose-colored glasses off. If you're in another country around the world, 
what, why would you trust us? Why, why in the world would you ever believe that we have your best interest at heart? We don't at all. Uh, and look, if you're outraged by all of this Ukrainian stuff, like, okay, how do you feel about Saudi Arabia and Yemen? You don't care? That seems weird. Like, why not? How did you feel when the American government killed seven aid workers in Afghanistan and not one person even got fired, let alone arrested? Nothing. Not one person even, like, lost rank. There was no punishment. Every rule was followed. Or how about when the Afghanistan papers came out that basically conclusively demonstrated we had been in Afghanistan for at least 12 years with zero strategic goals whatsoever? We were just fighting. We didn't know what winning was. We just kept changing the metrics. More soldiers are dying? Good. It's because we're taking the fight to them. Less soldiers are dying? Good. We're winning. There was no metric that could come out that was like, hey, we don't know what we're doing. Three different presidents all were a part of that and nothing. We didn't have a goal. And then the pullout, oh my God, the pullout of Afghanistan, where people were so desperate to get out of the country, they were trying to, they were trying to hang on to the wheel well of the plane as it was taking off. And you can't figure out why some people might doubt our intent around the world. Seriously, look up the war in Yemen. Oh my God, it's horrifying what we are funding, what we allow to happen there. Or how about when we were running cocaine and, and launching guerrilla warfare all through Central and South America? Yeah, we did that too. So I'm not telling you that we're the bad guys. We're not, but I don't know that we're the good guys. I, I don't know that there are good guys when you're dealing at this level no. of people. I think that you have a lot of people that have their own interests in mind and everything else is spin. So I, this is where I don't know what to say because that we, we watch this happen all over the world and we don't do a thing. But somehow when it's Ukraine, now now we're supposed to be outraged about it. And that means, all right, well, somebody's trying to get this reaction out of me and now I want to know why. Why this one? Why here? And I worry that we're being led towards a war, that we're being led towards something that will involve tremendous numbers of average human beings being asked to go die for their country in the name of freedom. And my answer is no, because if you're not willing to do the most basic things to prevent the conflict, which would be supply energy, start drilling again, open the Keystone Pipeline, so that way Russia is not going to have the money to do this. And I know this is anti-American or bordering on anti-American, but... Maybe we really should stop expanding NATO. Like, maybe that's not a terrible idea if we want to I mean, balance. the Ukrainians at North Atlantic, uh, right there on the North Atlantic, right? Obviously, right <laughs> right on the North Atlantic Ocean of the country of Ukraine. Of like, hey, maybe maybe <clears throat> that would be a small sacrifice to, to make. So and, and you know, to uh, GW uh, uh, Bush, the older Bush there, he basically said, he's like, we're not going to move NATO one inch east, right? He's like, so yeah. that was part of the agreement. Like, he he knew then. He's like, right. I mean, it wasn't like it was... It wasn't a secret. Yeah, no. Russia has said all along, look, NATO expansion is unacceptable to us. And these people all know it too. Right. They just want the... They want the... They want the instigation. I just... So... I don't understand how we get to these situations all the time. And, like, the worst case, worst possible outcome from all of this is we lose a nuclear war to Russia. But the second worst outcome is we win a nuclear war against Russia. Either one of those is so awful you can't contemplate how bad it would be. And we've never experienced anything like that. And I don't want to. That's my, that's my takeaway above all. And the, the point I wanted to make about Putin's so upset that, that there's not progress. 
they're not carpet bombing the country. They're not going in like ears pinned back and, and shock and awe. It's not what they're doing. So if he's not flying around, and, and the, the reality is if the Ukraine fought Russia, Russia would win. Now, are there exceptions to that? Of course, anything had happened. Like, the American Revolution never should have been won by the, by the colonists. Like, the, the British military was just too good and too strong. But it, it happened. Miracles can happen. But it's not likely. So it makes more sense that if Putin is trying to just not necessarily take it over but do that, I'm not telling you we got to acquiesce on everything and there should absolutely be punishments for what has happened. Maybe there's a maybe there's a middle ground we could find to say, all right, look, this is terrible and it's awful. But now I'm you're you're putting this on my news TV on my TV. Why? Like you you never show me anything going on in Yemen. You never show me anything that's going around in Iraq or Afghanistan. I'm sure Afghanistan's a wonderful place now that we gave it back to the Taliban after 20 years of fighting. That was brilliant. Um and there's some coverage coming around about how, like, now it's so terrible with these refugees because they're European. And, I mean, this, and you should go on Twitter and see some of this stuff. It's mind-boggling. Like, these are news agencies in France and in Ukraine and in other European countries outside of Ukraine. I guess Ukraine's not technically European. I don't know. Um, but they're over there like, yeah, it's just so striking to see these blonde-haired, blue-eyed refugees. It's so weird. You're like, that seemed kind of Aryan. Are the uh, this isn't some third world country. These are civilized people where we don't expect this to happen. You're like, oh my God. And so here's the thing. What, what the rest of the world is about to learn is something that uh, I've been saying for a long time. America does have a race problem. It's not nearly as big as it's made out to be in all the mainstream media and everything else. But yes, we do. There's, there's some racial problems. But the bigger problem is we're selfish. And we don't care what happens anywhere else if it doesn't affect us. All right. So you're about to find out that as much as we don't care when black and brown people around the world are decimated by outside governments, we don't care when it happens to white people either, as long as they're not American. Even the people clamoring for more action generally are saying, well, we've got to do it before Putin turns to us. It's not, it's nothing to do with let's go solve this problem. Let's just go help for the sake of helping. Everything is, well, we have to contain this before he turns because he won't stop. He's the next Hitler, and he's trying to take over all of Europe. Like, I get that we want to learn from history, but there's more to world history than Adolf Hitler. There's so many other conflicts that we could draw information from on what's happening here that I think overly simplistic to say it's exactly like Adolf Hitler. Per exact analogy. Could it be? Maybe. Do we know that yet? No. So rather than let's just go fight and let's go have a war, maybe if these are the demands and if all we've got to say, I don't know what the, I don't know what the geopolitical landscape would be about recognizing Crimea and the two separatist regions as Russian instead of Ukraine. I don't know if that's an acceptable solution for Ukraine, for NATO, for Russia. I, I don't know. I'm just open to the idea of, hey, if there's a way we could avoid World War III, even if we've got to give in a little bit, maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's where the world is trending anyway, and the U.S. doesn't want to be the world security force any longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a fan of de-escalation, so <clears throat> we should always be moving whatever we can. That's what bothered me about some of the, the Ghost of Kiev story or the Miss Ukraine story or all these oh, stories, where it's like, because they were all meant to escalate the, you know, the passion for the fight. And I was like, okay, this is literally fake, just 
I mean, the worst kinds of propaganda, I guess, or the best kinds, I guess, depending on if most effective. <laughs> yeah, right. For so. sure. And listen, if all of that is true, there's there is some truth to that, and I I understand, I I do, but I don't know why. I don't understand why we, I have my bigger problem is why are we ignoring all the other atrocities that we have helped cause or we are funding around the world? Why are we so comfortable to ignore those and just look at this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been trying to fight that fight for decades, so <clears throat> I don't know what the answer is. I don't either. People, people, people disregard those. They don't care. They don't, it's, I don't know if it's a cognitive dissidence or think something going on, but they, I mean, the information's out there that we're not good people in a lot of ways in our military and people don't care. No, I mean, listen, I, we use our military for ill-gotten things. I, there's no question about it. Like, what we do around the world is crazy. And my fear is, like, looking at Germany being so reliant on Russia and all of Europe being so reliant and us refusing to drill for oil and us refusing to transport and us continuing to fund Russia and their, and their aggression. Um, I fear we are run by idiots. I fear that we are led by the dumbest people on the planet. My bigger fear is that they're not idiots and that there is an end game that's going according to plan that we don't see. That the end game is not peace and prosperity for as many people as possible. That it's something else. And that is way scarier to me than the idea that they're actually this stupid. Yeah. I'm still yeah. leaning towards they're stupid, but I don't, I don't know. And that's troubling to me. Yeah. Well. Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, obviously, this... Uh, this happened uh, two weeks ago, and we were going to have a show last week, so we had a lot of cover there. So, yes. um, let's quickly touch on, and only because I just was trying to uh, see if there was any updates on the uh, Freedom Trucker uh, in DC. So uh, on Sunday, this uh, uh, American or U.S. version uh, of the Canadian truckers uh, has descended on our nation's capital, Washington D.C. And apparently they made a loop around the beltway on Sunday. Um, but ha I thought they were supposed to go back today. That's why I, was, I kind of pushed this to the end of the show, thinking that maybe I would hear something about. But I'm just looking, and there still has not been any updates. So if I, I might be missing it, but I don't see anything. But anyway, um, this is a uh, in protest to uh, which was vaccine mandates and uh, all these COVID mandates, um, which is basically morphed since a lot of them have been turned away into a... Uh, um, somewhat a pushback on emergency powers in general um, from uh, some of these local leaders um, basically bypassing legislation and the representation that is uh, supposed to be built into our system here. So um, I don't know, any quick takes on the uh, U.S. version of the Freedom Truckers? Only that you're not hearing anything about it. <coughs> I find that to be very odd that you're literally no news whatsoever about the fact that a how many trucks and how many people involved drove around Washington? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I thought I heard it was a 64-mile stretch and that they were front-to-end, so I feel like they got Yikes. around. So I don't know how long. I don't know how, you know, I don't know what that spreads out or whatnot. So, but I think I, a truck's about 70 feet long. And I'm not sure if there's other vehicles right, in, intertwined there, too. But um, I wouldn't, I mean, it seems as though there's a, a large enough... Uh, um, group to be noticed or at least recognized anyway so and that you're right it's not i mean i'm reading the new york post and they they seem to cover uh they covered the previous uh, freedom trucker and they've been covering this one too um and there's some pictures of it there on the beltway there um but i had thought that there was going to be a repeat of the circling of the beltway uh sometime today so um but i haven't seen any updates so uh, maybe i'm missing them 
or maybe they haven't decided what to do yet here, or maybe they're waiting until after lunch. Where maybe. <laughs> I don't at. know. But, I, yeah, I think that my here's my fear. Um, there's there's going to be escalation with this, it seems. More than likely, the media seems determined to ignore it, and that might be an effective strategy, actually, of that they might not gain the support because nobody is paying attention. But that's a lot of trucks that are not involved in shipping at this point. That's a lot of people that are entire infrastructure relies upon that are not doing that and, and diesel has also been going up diesel's also <laughs> been going up so it's a I, I think this is this has the potential to cause more issues with supply chains and that has a on top of it if gas and oil continue to go up and they hit what, what are we at 130 dollars a barrel for oil right now uh that's i think i saw it if morning, it yeah. goes up to 200 that is going to cause a huge inflationary pressure along with supply chain issues causing a huge inflationary pressure ridiculous amounts of printed currency will cause a massive inflationary pressure and inflation is something that affects the average working people and the poor people disproportionately to anything else so if we get to these periods of hyperinflation, there's going to be very real consequences that people are going to have to face. And it's not good. None of this is good. And I don't, maybe I'm overreacting. I'm open to that prospect. It just, and I guess I, I can't be overreacting because I'm not predicting any conclusion. I'm just saying, hey, if you have that and that and this over here, all those together, you're like, it's, I think I used this analogy once before long ago. So forgive me for repeating myself, but I, I feel like it's, you, you set, your house surrounded by straw and then you pour gasoline on it and then you put little sticks all around it and then somebody's like hey what what are you doing like relax i don't even have a match okay nothing bad's gonna happen like yeah but you're you're setting it up so that like if something did go wrong it would be as bad as possible and that's what i feel like it's like we're just doing all this stuff everything short of striking the match and you're going Wait, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. I feel like you got to pause. I, I, I'm a little confused by what's happening here. C could we not do this? And then you get called an alarmist and a conspiracy theorist. Like, no, I'm not telling you any particular thing is going to happen. They're just all bad policies. Yeah. And stop doing bad policies. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll keep we'll pay attention to this. Uh, we'll touch base on this uh, next show and, uh, and see what uh, transpires from the uh, U.S. version here. So. All right, let's wrap up the show uh, with one more, uh, some COVID talk. Since, Hooray! Uh, you know, we lead the league in COVID talk. We do lead the league. Um, and I'll remind everybody, if you uh, haven't already, to like uh, and share this video with all your friends and family. Helps us out. Give us some rumbles. Let's get ready is. to rumble. Yeah. That was um, terrible. I'm sorry, everybody. Michael Buffer. That was just terrible. I, there was no reason for that. So I sent you a video. Um that I don't have the link for here. <coughs> do you have COVID I, I, right now? I think like, maybe I, I don't know. I've been having to clear my throat here in a little bit. So a little tickle, <laughs> a little tickle. Um, but so I sent you this video from, uh, Dr. Mobin. Um, he has kind of covered COVID along the way and from all things from the virus to the vaccine and, and whatnot. But, um, he goes over a, uh, a new Swedish study, and I think it came out February 27th or 28th here just recently, so within the last week or so, two weeks. Um, and it suggests that the vaccine is capable of becoming DNA, which the, uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, uh, which the CDC claimed would not happen. So 
I'm going to try to uh, break down or uh, understand this the best I understand and tell you guys what I, I feel like uh, Mr. Bobine and some other people are starting to talk about here. So um, this has to do with, first of all, the mRNA vaccines only because uh, there is a, um, you know, there's been uh, the, the tinfoil hat folks have been telling you that this is gene therapy right? This is, uh, basically you're changing your, your DNA forever and, uh, you know, you're never going to be the same and whatnot. And that's been uh, poo pooed as being ridiculous and that this can't happen and whatnot. So, um, the Swedish study tested to see if Pfizer specifically their mRNA, uh, vaccine, they noticed actually, so they, the reason, the genesis of the study, because the, they found that there was from the virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, that they had found some DNA in liver tissue, um, but it was quickly degenerating there. But they noticed that it would turn into DNA. So they wanted to see if the vaccine could do the same thing. Would they find the uh, mRNA, the RNA from the vaccine in the, D- in the nucleus of the DNA, which in the study they did. So, um, and not only do they find the DNA, the the mechanism that it releases also basically fuels more manufacturing of the DNA. So it, it, it releases this other protein protein called line one. I don't know. It's a, it's a longer term, but everybody just referred it to as line one, which is job is to convert RNA to DNA. And so this, it's basically setting up a, a feedback loop where it's the DNA's, uh, the RNA is being converted to DNA and in the process, it's creating more of the protein needed to convert more of the RNA to the DNA. So it's basically fueling the process with a catalyst of this other protein, driving the uh, uh, conversion from RNA to DNA. And they're finding it in the nucleus of liver cells. Of And this is in vitro, so right. not humans. Um, now, the ramifications or implications of finding... DNA from the virus in the nucleus of a uh, liver cell is unknown because basically that was where the, the, the paper left off was said, okay, well, this needs to be studied whether or not this is going to be toxic to a, a real life person, right? So um, I, it seems like this could be really bad. Um you know, again, obviously this is just one study, but it's a published study, a peer-reviewed study for whatever I take that worth. Um, and it leaves more questions than answers probably, but it looks as though that these vaccines can actually potentially, in, potentially uh, convert into DNA. Yeah, it's not. Seems, it seems ungood. Yeah, it seems bad. It seems It seems not ideal. Um Let's be clear, like, we don't know for sure that this could... A lot of stuff can happen in vitro that then can't happen in the body for whatever reason. Like sure. that, that does happen. Um, but I think it goes to our central complaint against all health health authorities and public health officials for the last two years is the certainty with which they spoke about what we knew versus what we didn't know. And, and it was the audacity to say, we know the vaccines are 95% effective. And we're looking at it and going, you don't know that. That's there's no way you could possibly know that definitively right now. Like that's crazy. You, you maybe 
And then it turns out that wasn't true. Or that, oh, well, we'll just develop new variations of mRNA for every new variant, and then we'll do that. Like, again, maybe, but you don't know that yet. You, you don't know if that'll work. And then when they come out instead and say, well, there is absolutely no evidence to support the use of ivermectin or whatever else, other early treatments. Well, no, that's not true either. There's some evidence that it doesn't work, but there is some evidence for it. I, it's probably not conclusive, but you're not looking. Um, and this is the same thing if they came out and you're like, and somebody made this claim early on, like this was, this was tinfoil hat stuff early on when they came out with these vaccines saying, uh, this is going to be able to alter DNA. This is, this is gene therapy. This is what it's going to do. And it's, it's probably, it's entirely possible this could happen. And instead of saying, we don't know, or, Hey, maybe, but it's very unlikely that it would come to, that it would go that way. It's, we just don't know because it's new and we, we, we're not sure. They didn't do that. They came out and were like, you idiot. My God, just go put your MAGA hat on, live in your trailer park, and go contact aliens. Shut up. And now it's it's not even definitively that it's it's going to happen. But it seems now that maybe it's possible. And I, and I guess my complaint to all these people in these positions of power and authority, stop speaking with such certainty about things we just don't know and don't understand. It's why nobody, it's why you're losing trust so quickly is because anything that supports your narrative or your goals is given as gospel truth. And anything that can't be conclusively proven that goes against you is dismissed as absolutely false and no reason to even look into it and you're crazy if you talk about it. It's not your job as a public health official. It's not it. Like, did you see the video of Dr. Walensky talking about the confidence in the vaccine? Uh, I'm not sure. All right, so she was on a show and she said, you know, when the news came out from CNN that the vaccines were 95% effective, we were all very encouraged. And we might have been a little too optimistic. And we didn't think about that it might wane or that new variants would come out and change. So I think we, we, we maybe focused a little too much on the positives and ignored too many of the negatives because we wanted to take it out and we thought vaccines were the ticket out. Even though they're not 95% effective. And the idea that they are very effective against severe disease and death, what's the number? Don't say 95. It's not. It's not 95. We just keep saying that. We don't know. We have no idea how effective they are against severe disease and death because the trials were shit. They were set up that only one outcome could have possibly been reached. And these are very smart people that just went along with this and staked their entire reputation on it. And they were wrong. And they deserve to be humiliated for being this wrong and being this certain not silenced not shot well right, listen if it turns out that this thing is gene therapy and editing people's dna and like a lot of people die then we could talk firing squad but unless that happens no i don't they should be fired not because i disagree with their stance but because their incompetence alone should result in them being fired um i don't know this is scary like this is this is crazy, and you got to assume, again, I, I don't want to say that. Maybe you don't have to assume. My fear would be, okay, if this is possible, what happens if you just keep giving people boosters every six months of the same exact thing, and they keep getting this spike protein that we're not ready to handle, that we don't fully grasp yet, and we just keep jamming it into people over and over, and we keep jamming it into kids once a year? Like, what are we doing? Why is there nobody saying, hey, pause? Hey, 
Well, a lot of people are saying that. Why is nobody in our government? Why is nobody in the CDC or FDA saying, "Hey, you know what? We we really should pause. Like, and let's figure out what the hell we're doing." Yeah, and they and some of these are a combination of from the Dr. Mobin uh, video and the study itself. But they basically present some concerns going forward because um, the the liver cells also express the, pre- the spike protein, um, which in the liver cells, which could Tar- make them targets for the immune system, right? So if the, the liver cells have the spike protein on them, oh, the immune system will target them as basically creating an autoimmune response. Oh, boy. Um, they, again, they don't know how long this, how long the DNA degrades, which I guess, you know, they it all degrades at some level. So, I mean, it, it could be a temporary thing, whatever. Um, they're also talking about, uh, and we touched on some of this, you know, previously and, and other concerns about the, um, the lipid nanoparticles, this paper suggests that they should check the placenta as well as a possible uh, uh, site where this uh, DNA process could be happening. So, um, wow. And then there's the the big concern, which is what we kind of hinted at to joke to begin with was, is, you know, is the DNA nucleus going to become a part of the actual genome? You know, will it basically become part of you at some point? So, those are all things that were left unanswered uh, that were basically, you know, left as concerns being like, hey, you know, we got to this point, but we need to keep going here. So, um, yeah, it doesn't seem great uh, for those mRNA uh, vaccine people. Um, I know, we don't know. It we don't know. Fine. We just don't know. Right. But, the, again, my fear is we're not slowing down. And people, I, I have people still telling me, like, making jokes about when they find out I got COVID and they're like, oh, well, see, what did you expect when you weren't vaccinated? Like, you're vaccinated and thing. boosted. Didn't you get COVID? <laughs> like, well, yeah. Like, yeah, but I didn't get sick. I was like, yeah, neither did I. I was tired for two days. Like, it was the most mild flu I ever had. Like, hey, you got me good on that one. Like, what a... The, the belief in these things is staggering, despite all the data. And may, I mean, we're running short on time now. Maybe next week we'll go into the Pfizer, uh, the Germany data from the health insurance company that came out. And out of like 11 million people, the number of people with severe adverse reactions to the vaccines, to mRNA vaccines, was exponentially worse than what anybody thought it would possibly be. And they literally wrote an open letter to the German government was like, uh, if this is indicative of the culture at large, you need to start looking into this right now, immediately, because this is not less than 1%. This was like 11% of participants were having significant reactions. So that's not great. No. And then um, apparently I saw this from Alex Berenson, the National Health Service in England. Is that the right acronym? The NHS, whatever their nationalized healthcare is. Apparently, they're opening up some new positions for caseworkers specifically to handle the expected influx of people seeking recompense for lasting disabilities caused by vaccines. Great. That's not, it's not terrifying at all. We should start our, we should start a get your law thing going back and get the law firm getting ready for these uh, claims. I am not practicing any (laughs) law whatsoever ever again in my life under any circumstances. Well, all right. Well, maybe we'll just be, uh, commercial producers for the lawyers. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll go and promote them. I'll give them, I'll give them data. I'll give them information. I'm not practicing the hell with all that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, <sighs> that is all I have. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch on that that study that I kind of saw come through here. Um, anything that else you want to leave the folks with here, Mister Hughesong? Just keep asking more questions. I'm begging you. 
please, please, please just keep asking more questions and stop. Stop believing everything that you're told because it's not right what we're seeing. And for the love of God, stop listening to pharmaceutical companies about everything. Yeah. And Bill Gates. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. What, whatever Bill Gates says. That's the other thing. I'm going to make this real quick. The other problem I'm having on Russia, Ukraine, Bill Gates, George Soros, and the Rothschild there are all on one side of this issue. And they're all like, U.S. needs to stand up for Ukraine. And I'm going, well, historically speaking, whatever you guys all want is not good for humanity at large. You see, you see Lindsey Graham tweet out something like, uh... He called for the assassination <laughs> of Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Dumbass. Buddy, I can do that as a joke because I don't have any public capacity yeah. here. Yeah. You are you are an elected official. You are a representative of our right. government. And you're out here calling for the assassination of the leader of another country. You're a crazy person. He is a crazy person. He's nuts. All right. All right. On that note, we thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you all again next Monday for episode 88, uh, the Lin Swan edition of Sports uh, Clicks and Politics, episode 88. You skipped right by Rob Gronkowski for 87, by the way. You think he's going to go to the Bills? No. Oh, that'd be fun. I, I would love it. This is the Rob Gronkowski version. There you go. The edition of the uh, uh, Sports Clicks and Politics. And next week will be the Lin Swan edition of Sports Clicks and Politics. And on that note, again, share us, uh, like us, uh, leave us some rumbles, um, leave us a rate and review on the audio, and we will see you all again next Monday.